0: It was a freezing April afternoon when Lauren Schlittenbauer and his posse marched up the Bavarian foothills to Kaifek, a farm he knew all too well. Rumor had been spreading through the village about the farm's ghostly eeriness of late. The Gruber family, who owned the farm, usually kept themselves, but after the mailman, repairman, and merchants arrived to find the house and barn empty, the local mayor had grown suspicious. The mayor's sons had investigated the farm earlier in the day and had turned up nothing, but it would not come as a surprise to anyone in the village that Lawrence had gone up to investigate for himself. Rumors had persisted about him and Kaifek. Lawrence Schlittenbauer arrived at the farm alongside Michael Pohl and Jakob Sigel. Before them it was a large home standing strong since the 19th century and rough, partially tilled fields. Despite the waning light, no lamps were lit, and the barn door stood ajar. They crossed the threshold of the barn and began to look around, and an earthly silence ensconced them, a sweet smell filling their nostrils. Lawrence looked at the frozen earth in front of the hay bales, which had been chipped and turned. He took three steps forward before seeing the lifeless hand in the hay, drops of blood frozen to each of its fingertips. Jakob said something and excused himself, but Lawrence wasn't listening. He approached slowly and with intent, stripping the concealing hay away. Here was the first body, old man Andreas Gruber, thrown unceremoniously on the stomach. There was a second body, Kazilia Gruber, still with the golden chain on her neck. His vision twisted and gut wrenched as Lawrence tore away more hay. Sweet Victoria, the object of so many rumors, his object, was barely recognizable with her bloody, bashed skull. And there was the cold, lifeless body of young Kazilia, bloody clumps of hair in her hands. But there was a fifth member of the family, Joseph. Where was Yosef? Lawrence rushed out of the barn and passed Michael and Jakob. Where are you going? They demanded. I'm looking for my son. Lawrence marched up to the front door, it was locked. He drew a key to Kaifek house from his pocket and walked through the door. What he found inside would both haunt and curse Lauren Schlittenbauer for the rest of his days. Hello, I'm Mike from Dark Days Radio, and you're listening to a secret frequency on the 1922 Hinterkaifeck murders, a notorious unsolved massacre in Germany. Tonight you will be regaled with stories both fact and possibly fiction, and treated to a plethora of ideas for your horror games. Special thanks to Discord user and Shadow Essence veteran St. Michael for suggesting the secret frequency. The Gruber family had lived at Hinterkaifeck for generations, and in 1922, there were six people living at the estate. Andreas Gruber and his wife Kazilia had been tilling the lands for years while their daughter, Victoria Gabriel, had moved back a few years earlier after the death of her husband, Carl Gabriel, during the Great War. Victoria had a seven-year-old daughter, Cazilia, and a two-year-old son, Josef, fathered by an unknown partner. Alongside the family proper was a maid. The Gruber family began reporting strange happenstances months before the murder. Their first maid quit six months before the murders, claiming that Hinterkaifeck was haunted and that she would hear strange sounds in the night, questions at her window. A few months later, Andreas Gruber had wandered through the village asking if anyone subscribed to a Munich newspaper that had been mysteriously left at his property. No one did. That winter, Andreas also found a set of boot prints in the snow that led from the forest to his house. They never left. Each night, they could hear creaking in the attic. Was it footsteps? Was it timber groaning in the wind? Andreas could find nothing when he searched the house each day. A few days before the murder, a key to the house went missing. On the day of the murder, a new maid arrived, Maria Baumgartner, escorted by her sister. The two sisters enjoyed a last few hours together, entertained by the Gruber family before Maria's sister departed. She was the last person to see the Gruber family alive. The bodies remained undiscovered for four days. Several people went up to Hendrik Haifek on regular business, but found the farm empty. The mailman, coffee sellers, the repairman, the repairman, Albert Horman, is of particular note, since he spent several hours at Hinterkaifeck repairing a food processor, hearing only the sounds of animals, and a barking dog. When he packed up to leave, he noticed that the barn door was open, when it hadn't been before. Finally, Lauren Schlittenbauer, Michael Pohl, and Jakob Sigel went up to Hinterkaifeck and found all six bodies. Ford had been lured into the barn and killed with a mattock, each bludgeoned in the head, and they concealed in the hay. Maria Baumgartner was killed in her bedchamber in the locked house, again with a mattock. The toddler, Josef Gabriel, was murdered in his crib. The Munich Police Department was called up to investigate the murder, but there were few leads. Lauren Schlittenbauer had disturbed the bodies as he wandered the crime scene, and the murder weapon could not be found. Other elements were botched. No fingerprints were taken, and the police department only took six photographs of the grisly affair. The police department also wasted resources, assuming that the case was a murder robbery until money and gold were discovered to still be in the house. The investigation dragged on, and the bodies had had to be buried. So all six corpses were interred, but their skulls were removed and sent to Munich to remain as evidence. Lacking leads, the police even turned to mediums to try to commune with the dead via their skulls. But it was no use. It seemed as though the murderer would remain at large. Still, numerous individuals were questioned and investigated as possible suspects. Lauren Schlittenbauer was immediately detained, rumored to have had an affair with Victoria. The testimonies of Michael Pohl and Jakob Sigel added more suspicion. Lauren's had called the boy... Joseph, his son, and produced a key to enter the house. However, Lawrence was also later released due to lack of evidence, and the fact that other information had come to light. The former maid of Hinterkaifeck, who had fled six months earlier, suspected the Bickler brothers had committed the murders. They had helped the previous potato harvest, and strangely, the farm's dog, who barked at nearly everyone, never barked at Anton Bickler. Anton knew the family had a fortune and had been uh, the one to carve the handle of the Gruber family's mattock. The maid also reported speaking to someone through a window at night shortly before she left Hinterkaifeck, and suspected that Anton's brother, Carl Bickler, had been the one. Local thieves, the Thaler brothers, were also suspected. The most bizarre suspect, however, was Victoria's dead husband, Carl Gabriel. His body had never been recovered from the trenches of the First World War, and his death certificate had only been written on the testimony of surviving soldiers. After Victoria gave birth to her illegitimate son, Joseph, there were rumors abound as to his parentage. Some thought the father was Lauren's, while others blamed an incestuous relationship between Victoria and her father. Some theorized that Carl Gabriel had returned for revenge while this may seem like fantasy at first, perhaps there's some truth to it. After the Second World War, several villagers returned to the region from prisoner of war camps and stated that they had encountered an older, Bavarian German-speaking Soviet officer who knew Hinterkaifeck and its previous residents well. Karl Gabriel had always told villagers that he wanted to visit Russia. Unsolved murders are incredibly unsettling, revealing insecurities of modern society. In the 21st century, they've also become a sadistic source of entertainment, with podcasts like Serial and TV shows like The Keepers. But what is the point of this entertainment? Horror stories serve as cautionary tales informing us of the dangers of the world around us, while history stories equip us to better deal with the future. At its best, the true crime genre will inform society of systemic flaws in law enforcement and the judicial system. At its worst, it will lead to sensationalism, antagonism, and conspiracy theory. The deaths at Hinterkaifeck are a horrific display of human barbarity and an insight into the desperation of interwar Bavaria, but nearly 100 years later, we can use elements of this brutal act or the recordings of history to influence our horror role-playing games. Accounts of Hinterkaifeck have many strange elements, mysterious voices asking questions through the window, footsteps in the attic, deaths in a locked house. All of these can be used to create the ambiance of a maleficent haunting, In a Chronicles of Darkness game, the characters might play the night shift at the old Danvers State Hospital just a few weeks before it's shuttered and demolition begins. Perhaps this night, the poltergeists decide to save their anchor, the building itself, with numerous unsolved murders to prevent the immediate destruction. Your poor player characters, though, are in for one hell of a night. In numerous games, you can take inspiration from the unfortunate fact that the Hunter-Kaifik victims were buried without their skulls. Numerous cultures have burial rites associated with the decapitation, and for decades, archaeologists tried to construct a severed head cult throughout Central and Western Europe, where the ancient texts frequently suggested beheadings as part of the Celtic religious rituals. Some writings even suggested that the head could regenerate after being severed from the body. In Promethean the Creative, circumstances similar to the Hinterkaifeck murders could be linked to the experiments of an alchemist in Munich. They bring the skulls back to investigate the circumstances of brain damage and death, seeking to prolong life through chemical means. Alternatively, perhaps the severed head cult truly existed to this day, remaining as a small craft of mages, using vicious rituals to perform sphere magic. We can also take inspiration from the story of Lauren Schlittenbauer. It's quite convenient that he marched up to Hinterkaifeck, found the bodies, had a key to the locked house, and offhandedly mentioned to his compatriots that he had to find his son. It's almost too convenient. For your games, you can set up a similar series of murders by a slasher, where the first non-player character onto the scene is set up as a patsy. The NPC is completely innocent, but the slasher of the genius archetype has conditioned them to perform certain tasks, disturb the bodies, and you know, possess items that they should not have. Perhaps this NPC is an ally of the local Uratha from Werewolf Forsaken or a devout follower of a Luciferian and Demon of Fallen. And let's not forget the mystery and unconfirmed reports surrounding Carl Gabriel. Did he really die in the trenches? Perhaps he really did join the Red Army. If he did join the Red Army, why was he describing Kendrick Kaifek to everyone? The easiest explanation is that Carl Gabriel died and returned. He has arisen from Wraith the Oblivion. Enraged by the perceived infidelities of his wife, Karl took vengeance on the entire household of Kaifect, luring first Victoria to her death, then Andreas, and then the older Kazilia. That's when everything went wrong. He pushed too hard, accepted too many thorns to numb the pain, and his shadow took over. When Karl finally regained control, his hands were drenched in the blood of the maid, the infant boy, and his own daughter. Carl fled east, far away, and joined the Bolshevik experiment. However, Carl had few fetters remaining, and the one thing that could keep the shadow at bay is ironically the memory of his family and the Hinterkaifeck murders. This has been A Secret Frequency from Darker Days Radio. If you'd like to find out more of our work in horror gaming, check out darker-days.org. If you'd like to get in contact with us, send us an email over at DarkerDaysRadio at gmail.com. Visit Days Radio on Facebook, tweet at Days Radio, or join our Discord server through the link in the show notes. Until our next secret frequency, good night, good luck, and stay safe out there.